Hello and welcome everyone to the Feelin' Film Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron White, fresh back on the ground in Seattle, Washington after my trip to the Toronto International Film Festival. You are here for reviews that are simple, short, and spoiler-free, so that's what you're going to get. In this series, I will be speaking about the films that I saw at TIFF 2023. Some of these do not have release dates yet. Others do. I'll let you know when I can what those are. But thank you for coming along for this journey. I hope that I can introduce you to some interesting and exciting new films to keep your eye out for. So without further ado, let's get into the reviews. So if you couldn't tell, I had a lot of fun with making the thumbnail image for this, which is the Hitman episode. I paired these two movies together because they do feature a similar type of protagonist, and I thought that was kind of interesting because these are two of at least three movies to focus on contract killers that are coming out this fall, the other being David Fincher's The Killer starring Michael Fassbender. So that'll be interesting. I don't know what the resurgence uh, for this is all about. Do we have an obsession with killing people that we don't like? I'm not sure. The first movie is Hitman, and this has been picked up by Netflix. It stars Glenn Powell, Adria Arjona, Austin Amello, Retta, and Sanjay Rayo. It is directed by Richard Linkletter and written by Richard Linkletter and Glenn Powell and based on the Texas Monthly article, Hitman, by Skip Hollinsworth. Cinematography is by Shane F. Kelly. It is edited by Sandra Adair. And music is by Graham Reynolds. It runs 113 minutes. What's it about? An undercover Houston police officer poses as a reliable hitman to arrest those trying to hire him until he tries to save a woman in need. Now, this is a very sexy movie. First of all, Glenn Powell is that dude. He is a real movie star. He has commanding presence. He has charisma and he has massive range. This film solidified that for me. I already really believed that based on his previous work in Everybody Wants Some and Top Gun Maverick. But I I think this is an actor who is one of the closest things to becoming a next-level movie star in that George Clooney mold. This is an untraditional rom-com. Might not expect that when you hear the premise of it, but it is, and it's about a philosophizing pretend contract killer. And it's just so much fun. But it's also really smart and clever in how it uses role-play as a means of exploring our relationship with identity. So Powell portrays a man named Gary Johnson, who is a local professor who moonlights as someone that helps the local Houston police department. I think it's New Orleans in the movie, but it's Houston in real life. But in the movie, it's New Orleans. So he helps the New Orleans PD with surveillance as they are trying to essentially entrap these people who want to hire contract killers. He is unexpectedly thrust into action one day and has to go in person and do the job of 
his colleague. And what he finds is that he becomes addicted to it. He really starts to enjoy the creative outlet it provides him by way of crafting unique personas that he feels will best be able to relate to and get the person that is trying to hire him to confess. Because what they have to do is get them on audio, making it very clear that they are willing to pay money for a murder. And so he changes who he is in a very chameleon-esque way in order to make them feel comfortable. And taking on these assassin personalities is just very different from his everyday bland and boring lifestyle and personality. The film, jokingly, maybe, mentions at the beginning of it that despite being this pop culture phenomenon, hitmen don't really exist. And 90% of what actually happens out there is undercover police work. And those who are trying to pose as so-called hitmen in order to catch people with criminal desires. I don't know if that's true or not, but it is a really good hook for this story and works out well. Because we get to see all sorts of different people shown. We get to see those who may want to have someone killed for what we would consider understandable reasons. And then, of course, we get those who... Just want someone to be murdered because they got offended one day and for reasons that we would definitely want to see them probably put in jail. And then we also get to see people that are part of criminal lifestyles in general, and we get to see people who are very much outside of their depth in exploring the idea of hiring an assassin. This is definitely the best that Glenn Powell has ever been as an actor, and his chemistry with Adria Arjona, who gives a knockout performance in her own right as someone who attempts to hire him, but eventually falls into a romantic relationship with him. It's pure fire. It, it really reminded me of Clooney and J-Lo in Out of Sight. It's that good. It's something that I thought these two were just made to go together, and you need that for any sort of like sexy rom-com-esque type of movie, like I need to believe that these two characters want to sleep with each other, that, that they are turned on by each other. And you definitely, definitely get that in this movie. The fact that he's in a relationship with her while pretending to be someone else will understandably create drama by the end of this. But Refreshingly, I never felt like I knew exactly where this movie was going to go and how it was going to resolve that issue. You knew that it was going to come to a head and there was going to be a reckoning that had to occur. That's just natural. But the way this, I guess, predictable plot point plays out is still very enjoyable. You just don't quite know exactly how it's going to end up. The rest of the cast does a great job in limited time Austin and Mello in particular as the police officer who previously was doing the undercover work that Glenn Powell's character takes over for. He is a potential foil for Gary Johnson as someone who loses his job and wants it back. And he just has a great way of looking and acting somewhat sleazy, but not 
quite believably corrupt. And so you are not sure what he's going to do and if he is ever going to be so driven to go after Gary that he might be willing to sacrifice him and do something corrupt or or evil or uh, illegal himself. You just can't quite tell if he's willing to go that far at any point, which I think is a great question mark for this movie because it helps drive the suspense as it's progressing. It's just a really snappy script. It's actually co-written, as I mentioned, by Glenn Powell as well, which I think is a lot of fun. Linkletter talked in the Q&A he did for this film about how he and Powell have been longtime collaborators and he really enjoyed getting a chance to write this movie with him. And it just perfectly balances its comedy and its high-minded ideas about whether or not we can change who we are. And the easy breezy pacing and the pure charisma of the entire cast really make this just a fun, delightful, enjoyable watch. It's really not quite like anything else that the director has ever done, but I'm here for it. It's the best thing he's done in a long time and was certainly one of the revelations of TIFF for me. Hitman doesn't have a date yet for when it will be streaming on Netflix, but I would be shocked if it doesn't come by the end of 2023 or maybe very early in 2024, but I would suspect that it will happen soon enough to be eligible for the next Oscars, and I think this is going to be a real sleeper hit and have some major legs behind it. So get ready to be hearing a lot about this and get ready for you to have a new favorite rewatchable because it is for me. It's a movie that I think I will find myself flipping on Netflix and just putting it on repeatedly throughout the years to come. All right, our next movie about a hitman is Knox Goes Away. This does not have distribution yet. It stars Michael Keaton, Al Pacino, Marsha Gay Harden, James Marsden, Susie Nakamura, John Hugenacher, Joanna Kulig, Ray McKinnon, and Leela Lauren. It is directed by Michael Keaton and is written by Gregory Poirier. Cinematography is by Marshall Adams. It is edited by Jessica Hernandez. And music is by Alex Heffies. It runs 114 minutes. What's it about? When a contract killer is diagnosed with a fast-moving form of dementia, he is presented with the opportunity to redeem himself by saving the life of his estranged adult son. But to do so, he must race against the police closing in on him, as well as the ticking clock of his own rapidly deteriorating mind. Now, there's some serious irony when a movie about a character who is rapidly losing their memories doesn't leave a single lasting impression. It's a huge bummer because I was really looking forward to this and to seeing if Keaton could find some of that magic he has in front of the camera and translate it to a director's chair behind it. This is his second directorial effort. He plays an assassin diagnosed with a fast-moving dementia, and his performance is really solid despite the story and the direction being completely forgettable. The film takes place over about three weeks as he is trying to get his affairs in order. And in the midst of all of that, he has to deal with helping to cover up and take care of protecting his son when his estranged son 
gets involved in a crime that could significantly alter the rest of his life. Sadly, it's just not nearly as exciting as you would expect a film like this with a ticking clock kind of format to be. Keaton directs it very stoically as a drama. And the longer it goes, the more its pacing issues really start to take hold. I wish that he had embraced this as more of a thriller and made it a lot more energetic and exciting and engaging and interesting and surprising. As it is, it feels like a poor man's ripoff of Memento right down to the character of Knox carrying around a notebook in which he writes down a list of the things that he has to accomplish because what happens is he will wake up from a moment and realize he's lost a memory and he doesn't know what his next intended act was. He also has a friend, or in this case, Al Pacino, who plays his boss of sorts, who will frequently update him on what his plan was and try to remind him and help keep him on track. But unlike Nolan's incredible, masterful effort, Keaton's movie just feels very rote and procedural. You never think that the conclusion is in question. You're never wondering how it's going to play out. You already know where this story is going right from the start. And the only sort of visual flair that Keaton adds is by having the screen shake occasionally in this chaotic manner, which is to help show us that Knox is in the process of struggling to remember something and losing a memory in real time. Story-wise, there's also just a lack of details that I think would have helped us maybe to empathize more with Knox. Remember, this is a movie about a killer, an assassin. He has spent his life post-military as someone who kills for money, uh, accumulating great wealth in the process. It is briefly mentioned, like thrown away line, that maybe he only kills criminals, but there's no world building around that to flesh that out. If that was the case, and I understood that maybe Knox was part of some underground Robin Hood-esque for the positive, you know, goal of the society type of organization, then, oh yeah, I mean, I probably would have been a lot more concerned with him. But as is, all we know is that he works as a killer for money. And do you really care what happens to this character that much? So what if he's trying to find redemption? Does providing a financial windfall to his ex-wife and his children and or his lover provide redemption for murdering people? It's a question mark. And I don't think the movie does a good enough job of helping us to understand why we would want to root for him in the first place. Al Pacino is his employer and I guess has several hitmen on the payroll. He does a pretty good job in limited time, but it's just a very boring performance from him. There's not much for him to do. James Marsden kind of gets to go off the rails, acting crazy and psychotic and like he's losing his own mind when he is worried about this crime that he committed and what's going to happen to him and how it's going to affect his family. So they both have a few fun moments in the film. And then Joanna Kulig is just completely wasted as Knox's 
sex worker slash lover who may or may not be someone that he truly does care about. There's also a weird reveal at the end of this. There's a police detective that has been chasing Knox throughout the movie, and we learn that she has a personal connection that would indicate some sort of, again, sympathy or empathy, understanding for what Knox is going through, but that never materializes throughout the actual movie. This is not a character who sees Knox as someone who she can understand what he is doing and why. If it was, then maybe it would make more sense as to why she has this personal connection to dementia herself in a way that would, I guess, strengthen her bond with this person that she is hunting down and trying to nail for this crime. But it just doesn't do that. It's like a weird throw in. And it's just that kind of lack of polish. It's not tight. It's not very smart. So it's not a terrible film. It is watchable, but it is very, very bland. I would never recommend someone paying to see this in a theater because I don't think it's worth the money. But then on the flip side of that, if this gets picked up and goes to a streaming service, it would be hard for me to recommend you watching it at home because you're probably just going to fall asleep. It's that boring at times. And it's just not a movie that a lot of people are going to connect with. So at this point, I think it is a strong indicator that Michael Keaton is better served in front of the camera than calling the shots from a chair behind it. And I hope that he will stick to his strength and give us some more great performances before he ends up calling it quits for his career. So Knox is fine, but it's just a big disappointment based on the potential that it had to be an intriguing and captivating story, which it just never, ever becomes. As I said before, no distribution yet for Knox Goes Away, and thus no release date is known. Well, that's it for this episode of TIFF Reviews. Thanks as always for watching or listening. Please like, subscribe, and share the podcast or the YouTube channel with those who you think might also enjoy it. And leave us a review if you can on Apple Podcasts. Those really help us out. We haven't had one in a long time. I'll probably start reading reviews on the podcast each week at this point because I need somebody to say something nice about us. It's been a few years and I know you guys are listening. So hopefully you think this is worth dropping a few kind words for. If so, please do that if you have the time. It would be very much appreciated. But most of all, again, thank you just for being here. I'll be back soon with more reviews, of course. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling good.